Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Oltman. Welcome back. Joe, great interview last night with Lynn Wood. It was amazing. If you haven't seen it yet and you're watching live now, you need to go back and watch it. It was great. And the better part, the best part about it is that, um, it, you know, you got to hear in Lynn's own words and his own voice. He wasn't on on video. So if you're going to listen on the audio version, um, you'll, you'll get a sense for who Lynn is, right, and how just, you know, focused he is on doing the right thing. And, you know, no matter where I've been with Lynn, no matter how many times I've spent time with him, he's always been the same way. Now, I, again, I will say I don't always agree with everything that he says, right, but that's the, that's the, the, the beauty of it um, is that you don't have to. But he's been under constant attack for years. So if you're going to say a prayer for, for someone, say a, say a prayer for Lynn, um, you'll definitely get the the passion that he has for all of you um, by watching that interview. Yeah, I I love his accent. I I think his accent is great. Um, yeah, he's... I I love how he, obviously there's lots going on between him and Kyle Rittenhouse, but I love how he says Kyle. It's just so classic, like Southern Americana. Um, I want him to. I want Lynn Wood. In a perfect world, Lynn Wood would be the guy who reads the script for my phone's voicemail. I think that would be fantastic. I love his accent. If he wasn't a lawyer, he would do great voiceover work. That's for sure. Um, uh, you know, well, I actually today, might ask him to do that for me. That's a brilliant idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's great. I think I, I think it would be really, really funny. He's an amazing man. He really is. But we got a lot to talk about today, and we have a guest. So why don't we bring the guest on? Rachel the beaches Rodriguez, of Normandy are falling apart. Rachel Rodriguez, welcome to the show. You are a wife, mom of three, an attorney who's taking on big pharma vaccine mandates. I want to talk to you about this. Obviously, a lot going on. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you to both of you, Joe and Max. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. Look, I have to tell you that you are on the beaches of Normandy. This pandemic fight, fighting for medical freedom, is nearly, you know, I want to say it's a single most issue, but we know that they're attacking, that there's this radical element that is attacking every, every essence of our, of our society. But, but this is probably the most, most glaringly obvious because of how it rolled out. And um, why, don't you, why don't we start by just talk, and we're winning, by the way. I want everybody to, to, to realize we're winning. Right. Rachel is winning. Rachel has won. And she's coming together with other superheroes that are fighting in court to, to win these battles against this, this uh, tyrannical overreach. So, yeah, Rachel, why Absolutely. don't you introduce yourself for everyone who doesn't know of you? We usually let our guests do that. Introduce you in your own words so we don't have to read through your, your whole resume. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Oh, absolutely. Well, um, thank you. Uh, I work here in West Palm Beach. Uh, our firm is based out of D.C., so I was in D.C. for a while working until I came down here. Um, I really got into this, uh, I call it the anti-tyranny fight, uh, the legal challenge fight. Um, in, in large part, there's, there's several pieces to it, but in large part, uh, I, I became acquainted with what was happening 
legally and what challenges we could mount because my firstborn uh, started school. And with the mandates over masks, uh, I was very concerned and I was trying to determine what to do there. And as a result, I got, you know, I, I found uh, some work that had been done here in Florida already. And that 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 brought me to where we are today in, in large part. There's been a huge fight back in Florida. I mean, I, I've been talk we've been talking to a bunch of people in this fight in Florida. And on the one hand, it kind of surprises me that this fight even needs to happen in Florida. But on the other hand, it makes sense because when you when you try and impose this on a very conservative, very freedom oriented state, obviously, you're going to get pushback. It took a little time, but now it seems like everyone and their mother are fighting back against these vaccine mandates um, and, and you're having real victories. Yeah, it, that's absolutely right. I, I'm really pleased to see what has happened here. Um, I, I would say, I don't know if I was surprised, but uh, you know, I'm representing both parents and first responders and firefighters in Orange County here in Florida. And I realized that there are, there have been direct concerted efforts by what we call the deep state and some of those well-known actors. I mean, there's millions of Soros money poured into central Florida. Um, when I stepped into this, I realized that that fight has been going on for a very long time here in Florida. Uh, there is a very strong fight against our governor who is trying to, to uphold his oath and work for the people that elected him. Um, and that's happening at every level. Uh, you probably wouldn't be surprised to know of the, the kind of books that are in the libraries here in Florida. And we've had to address that um, at, the, uh, at, at the school board level. I know that you all just spoke with Steve Maxwell earlier. They've been really instrumental in that fight here and I believe in Texas as well. So I, I, I'm, I appreciate the opportunity to get the word out that Florida is not we can't sit back over here. We are fighting very hard. And, and we also expect and, and earnestly pray that work that we're doing here can be used elsewhere against tyranny, because that's that's the real, reality of what we're, what we're dealing with. We spoke with Hannah Peterson yesterday, and this is something that's been coming up the more we talk about the, the books in the schools. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but is this just a new thing? Is this them rushing to put it in, or have these books been there and we're just finally figuring out because it seems like there's lots of movement in Florida about these books. Did it happen overnight? Did they try and sneak them in or are we just now catching them? You know, to be honest, I, I don't want to speak on something I haven't studied fully. I do believe though that these things have been around for some time. Um, it may very well be, I don't know how long, but I will say that the civic engagement that is absolutely essential to our Republic uh and, and right now to the resuscitation of it um that that has at the very least drawn attention to things that we may or may not have known were here for some period of time and so i'm very pleased and, and I'm, I'm also pleased that even with um you know i'm gonna say it rogue school boards like orange county who who were who were violating florida law for a long period of time and that was the fight there along with i think it was another 10 counties uh notwithstanding that when they were when the board was confronted fairly dramatically with uh, child porn, that, that's the reality of, of, of that particular book, if you take a look at any of it, um, very quickly, they were, they were, I think they were very embarrassed to know it was there, but, but very quickly have taken concrete steps to get that book out. So, so push back um, for, 
for the health and welfare of our children and, and everyone. That works. It absolutely works. Well, I have to tell you that, um, and, and you, you're probably not going to like what I have to say. People often don't like the fact that I'm willing to drag people in the street and beat the hell out of them. Um, but I am when it comes to our children. My kids are grown. They're 24 and 21. They're amazing children. They've done very well. I've always questioned the the education system as it relates to my kids. They went to a Christian high school. They went to a uh, charter school. I got involved to get rid of um, uh, Common Core math in the school when my daughter was at a young age because, frankly, it, it was stupid. <laughs> I'm a math guy, That's right. and it was really stupid. It, it, it confuses children, and it changes the paradigm of what they accept because math is okay. the center of everything. It's the center of, of your you know, languages. It's the center of science. And the thing that got me, my kids are grown. I shouldn't, I mean, I really, it, it's not my fight, but it is my fight. It's all of our fights because to yeah. groom and indoctrinate kids into a deviant lifestyle while pushing God completely out of the equation to me is absolutely abhorrent and every person should rise up. But what we see is these school boards, you said it, violating the law and not listening to the law. So lawlessness has become the new norm. Right? Oh, I don't have to listen. I don't have to do what you tell me to do, and you have no recourse. So when I say when I say we need to drag these people out in the street, um, Rachel, I'm I, look. I, we, we need to get back to the wild, wild west because the wild, wild west is here. You know, they're, they're literally they're coming yeah. for our children, right? And they're coming yeah. for our children yeah. in a way that is going to affect them for the rest of their lives. It's going to allow them right. to be entered into this world of pedophilia and choose your gender and stuff that makes no sense. It's not even scientifically anywhere near reasonable right no, so absolutely well i and and you said well well less i just that's exactly what i and my colleagues talk about in, in the legal context you talk about beating west. people in the street no 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 okay you beat them in the courtroom right. i tell you what the first With time the that they step to me the and law. i'm at a i'm at a i'm at a board meeting a, a school board meeting and somebody steps to me and says i'm gonna I'm going to take you out. I'm, I'm going to just, at that moment, I feel threatened. I'm going to take him outside yeah. and beat him up. You, you, you beat I tell you with what, though, that, that, and, <laughs> that, well, no, I think you want the federal uh, uh, rules of civil procedure. That's a nice fat tome. No, um, yeah. what, but, but the reality <laughs> is this. We all have to have that energy of this will not stand. Yeah. This is lawless. There is deceit. There is force against the American people and our children. There is a common view, and I'll tell you this, that about 15 years ago, I was at um, a National Lawyers Conference in DC, and the then Vice President of the ACLU was on a panel uh, discuss, I, I don't even remember what the topic was, to be honest. I just remember what he said, which was, oh, the state gives you the right to educate your children, or, you know, what, and it was just like, everybody in the room just had this collective gasp but the reality this is is this is the view from many people who have who have garnered power in the structures where they can effectuate that view yeah. and, and we need to have the papa bear and mama bear attitude about this and be clever and 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 also very wise when we fight this but that energy we we have to have that there's 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 no other way you can't back down yeah, and then they talk about uh, First Amendment rights of having the book inside of the library, but then they cut out other books that talk about truth. I mean, look, Huckleberry Finn has been banned in nearly 30 states, right? So Yeah, and To Kill a Mockingbird, to you know, a which Mockingbird. is a fantastic, yeah, 
anyways, it, it doesn't make any sense because it isn't rational from a, from an objective standpoint. Yeah, and, and I think that I think that we are we're dealing with, you know, the fight is now between good and evil. It's not actually Republican and Democrat because many Democrats feel the yeah. same way. They go, this is That's absolute right. lunacy. And I, right. I think that when we, when we talk about lawlessness, I'm glad that you're fighting in the court system. Um, I personally believe that, that the only thing that radical, terroristic people that lie all the time understand is force. So I'm glad you're fighting over here, but we're finding that they're not listening anyway. You win these battles and they're that's like, right. you know, they give you the finger and they move on. And I think that's where parents have to rise up and really say, these are, these are our children. We're not incubators for your, your tr little trainees, right? These are, these are our children. And you don't get to ruin, indoctrinate, train, um, and, and propagate information that's just flat, blatantly false because that's the narrative yeah, that's right. of, the, of the evil radical left. So, um, you, know, I, I think that, you know, I think that both serve a purpose. I do not advocate for violence, I'll tell you right now, but I advocate, advocate for protection of our children. I think that that's making right. sure they have the same opportunity that we have is vitally important. Um, into the future and, and this, this uh, stronghold of evil over our education system specifically, I find just appalling. Absolutely. And, and I would add to that, you know, you, you mentioned this is a fight of good and evil. That's, that's absolutely true. And, and, and I challenge people, intercede, intercede for your family, you know, pray over this stuff. You, you're not going to be able to have the wisdom necessary unless you ask for divine wisdom. And, and, you, and it's gonna be hard to have the courage to stand in, in the face of some of this stuff. I mean, the, the, the threat of the coercion and the threats being leveled are severe. I think a lot of them are paper tigers. And I think if you just stand long enough, you'll see it crumble. But the threat in and of itself is quite real. Uh, talking about my, my case, uh, or I should say my client's case up in, in Orange County, you know, Chief Stephen Davis was actually fired that was a real world consequence. Other people have have taken uh, a shot against their will. Real world consequence. Some have had reactions. Um, you know, th these threats are very real. But I think I think we can stand. We have to find that strength. And then again, being clever, both in the courts, outside the courts, how we approach these things. Um, I'll, I'll tell you one thing that I don't know if you knew this because and and I told I told the organizer uh, I said I'm gonna get I'm gonna get this out there. There was a um, special session that was called in Florida. I'm sure you know about that part uh, mm -hmm. for, for new legislation here this last week. And um, there was a medical freedom rally. They did a wonderful job of putting that. I think it was Moms for America and, and about two dozen other groups sponsoring this citizen activists. Um, and, and it was between the two buildings. My understanding, and I, I want to make sure I get this right because I got this secondhand, but I thought it was really important and people need to know that there were lobbyists from Big Pharma that came to testify against the legislation uh, on behalf of their clients. And they saw the rally. They saw hundreds of people there. They heard that testimony was being given that was personal about how these mandates are affecting people losing their jobs, um, you know, their children being, you know, having migraines and, and, and just can't breathe and getting suspension, just really, really nasty things, difficult things. And as a result of that, my understanding is another lobbyist told the organizer, do you realize that they didn't even get up to testify? They just, so basically a rally with people standing up and telling the truth, 
made big pharma sit down and shut up. I think people need mm -hmm. to understand that. That's the power of standing. Yeah, I want to get into your case in Orange County in a second. But before I do, I'm going to remind everyone, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the Conservative Daily Store. If we put up my screen, store.conservative-daily.com, we have these amazing unvaccinated Lives Matter t-shirts available for sale. So pick one up, wear one. It's probably, it's probably too late to get to you in time for Thanksgiving, but you can definitely get one in time for your Christmas parties. Wear them, freak out some liberals, and, uh, and speak some truth. Again, go to store.conservative-daily.com and pick up your unvaccinated Lives Matter t-shirt today. So, Rachel, talk to me about this case because I, I'm reading through it and it seems like it's it should be an open and shut case. I mean, it the should firefighters. Be. It should be. I've never heard of anyone. <laughs> I've never heard of anyone being stuck in a burning building. And when the firefighter comes to rescue them, they Show say, whoa, 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 are you vaccinated or not? <laughs> oh, you're not vaccinated? Okay, no, I'm going to I'm just going to take my chances with the fire and the flames. Go send in someone else. No, of course not. Right. It, it's just yeah. so ludicrous. Same with a police officer. If you're getting robbed, you're yeah. not going to send a police officer away if they're unvaccinated. It just seems so, so stupid. Have, have you, I, I have agree you with you. Learned anything extra? <laughs> no, I agree with you. And so do my clients. Um, and there's the public interest element of it. You know that the state entered an amicus brief in our case for that precise reason. What are you going to do? You're going to you're going to decimate the force that that serves the public. I mean, what what kind of lunacy is this? Um, and you know the the other thing is, of course, there's there's a lot of data on the scientific side that um, I, I don't you know unless you want to. I don't know that we want to go into it here. But the the, the reality is if most of the folks who have um, who have been out there on the front lines protecting people, transporting them to the hospital, saving lives, they've been heavily exposed to, to, to everything, yeah. including COVID. Most of them already have had COVID. So there is there is strong and durable natural immunity here. And, and, and here's there's a couple other ironic points to this, right, which is uh, first responders and firefighters, especially in Orange County, they all have to have uh, training, EMT training, as is my understanding. And so they're treating people to save lives. They're making very quick life and death types of decisions on behalf of people to save them. And they still give them the right to refuse. It's an informed consent question, even though the person is there. You know, and they, they extend that courtesy for something that we're right there in the moment save their life um and now they're not afforded that because as as insinuated quite quite expressly in some of these board meetings um they they need to be protected from themselves and their own decision making this this is it's insulting it's insulting and and it's nonsensical as well but in addition to to what you're talking about, the, the reality is the way this was promulgated in the county violated so many laws. It was just lawless all over the place. And you know, one one particularly amusing point is uh, under Florida statutes. Uh, this is most recently passed, I believe, last uh, last year this year with regard to COVID emergency. So uh, local, like county uh, governments, can issue a public health uh, state of emergency and, and promulgate certain rules within that but but only for a, a maximum statutory period of 42 days that's it and it has to be renewed and in the mayor and that issued expired an executive a long time order 
a long time ago. And additionally, he actually cited to the statutory provision that doesn't let him do what he did. Well, I mean, it it was, it's, it's bizarro world. It's incredible. Yeah, it is. And, and the, the really disgusting part of it, I don't know if they've been using this narrative in Florida, but this is the narrative that they've been using in New, New York. They've been accusing firefighters, not volunteer, actual career firefighters of being selfish for yep. not getting vaccinated. That's, that's the language that they're using that's that you right. are selfish. Yeah. I have never, ever heard anyone call someone selfish who decides yeah. voluntarily to make their profession running into burning buildings to save people. To call them selfish is beyond the pale, but that's the narrative they're using. Are they using that in Florida that's as right. well? Oh, absolutely. I, there was a really disgusting interplay with um, one of the uh, the county board of commissioners, one of the commissioners who said she at some point she she's giving this, I don't know, oddly emotional appeal. You know, what happens if a, if a first responder comes into a house where there's a child who's too young to be vaccinated uh, against COVID, of course, um, and, you know, and 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 this innocent gets, you know, gets infected with COVID. And she turns to the lawyer for the county and says, is there is there basis for liability for wrongful death? I mean, the gall, the gall to say something that disgusting. And, and, I, and I think that points to something else, which is that there's, when you don't have law and you don't have morality and you don't have truth, you use lies, threats, and, 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 force and that's what we're seeing you know that kind of statement is is just it's just disgusting it's a threat is what it was it was a veiled threat and that's all they've got well i think that they're the 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 big thing that we that you said that 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 stands out is they lie right their entire argument is based on a lie everything that they say related to this is a lie and I got in an argument with a friend of mine who's a doctor. He's a doctor. And I go, look, I'm not a doctor, but can you show me the information that would show an unvaccinated person would actually infect a vaccinated person? And he goes, well, an unvaccinated person can't. And I go, okay, well, he goes, well, there is breakthrough cases. He said breakthrough cases where it can happen. He goes, but it's very rare. I said, okay, well, I'm going to use your argument now. If that's the case, why do you care that I don't get the vaccine? He goes, Joe, nobody in the medical community cares if you get the vaccine. It's the, the only reason that they don't want you to, and he said it. He said the quiet part out loud. The only reason that we want you to get the vaccine is to show that you'll be compliant because as things start to heat up, we might run into another, another illness, and this lack of trust is a real problem if, if you're not compliant. I said, so this whole thing is about compliance. And he goes, yeah, you need to trust the medical profession. It's like I am. I'm trusting this one over here that's telling us not to get the vaccine that is killing people (laughs) because it shows that tens of thousands of people have died from it. And he goes, well, everyone, his justification, and he's a lefty, his justification is, well, everyone dies of vaccines. There's adverse reaction. I go, there's more people that have died from the vaccine for this this so-called, quote-unquote, vaccine, which now they're saying doesn't work at all, right? More people have died from this than any other vaccine combined over the last 20 years yeah, and he goes that's, that's not true i took him to vares and he says well that's that's a fake site that's a fake news site he actually mm-hmm. told me that vares a fake news site i hope he's listening to me today because you're dumb 
because it absolutely <laughs> is not a face site. So I had to stop talking to him, but then I started throwing stuff at him, and I started throwing lawsuits at him and facts at him, and they were inconvenient to him, right? Yeah. They just don't yeah. want to listen. He's a doctor, and he still doesn't want to listen, and his entire profession is about reading and becoming curious because it's the, it's the practice of medicine, right? right? It's not That's the perfection right. of medicine. That's right. And it should be the same way in our legal profession as well. I'm, I'm highly disappointed, and that might be stating it mildly, at the, the lack of interest from my profession in wholesale, blatant civil rights violations, discrimination all over the yeah. map. The, the thing is, and, and I say this, and this is absolutely true, you don't have to agree on the science of those who are against the vaccine to understand the lawlessness in play. You don't. Yeah. Um, if you start to go down the evidence trail, you might start to agree with them if you're being honest, because that's what we, we do in our professions. We look at evidence and we assess it. Um, and we look at the facts with regard to the law and we assess what can be done here. It's very clear that there are legal challenges. I'm not going to say that they're easy. And especially when you have pretty much all of our institutions agreeing tacitly or explicitly yeah. with with what's happening. But my profession should be all over this. And and, I, and repeatedly, repeatedly clients tell me I've called 10 attorneys, even 20 attorneys. Nobody will talk to me. Um, I, I find that very appalling, to be honest. I do. And this is something that, we, that I've tried to push on the podcast for a while, the idea of strict scrutiny. When you're looking at the constitutionality of a particular government regulation or government law, it has to be narrowly tailored to meet a specific government interest, and it has to do so in the least restrictive means possible. Like, you can't take a hatchet to something that you could use a little paring knife to. So with this situation, when we know that the vaccine does kill, albeit a minority of people, but there are very serious adverse reactions to it, it would seem pretty obvious that even if the government has a compelling interest in wanting people to get vaccinated, you cannot argue that the most narrowly tailored way to reach that end is to kill some people, right? That, that seems like it's the most violative form of going about trying to achieve that end. And I don't know why, as you said, more lawyers aren't going up against it, why more judges aren't ruling against it. We've had one good ruling from the Fifth Circuit. I think the Sixth Circuit is going to be taking up the case. And if there's a circuit split, obviously, it'll go up to the Supreme Court. But it seems like this is just ripe for review under strict scrutiny, because anyone who looks at it, whether you're on the left or the right, it can't be. You, no one can say that this is the most narrowly tailored way to do it. Well, and, and to that point, that specific type of standard is the highest standard, and that's for violation of fundamental rights. It's not all yeah. of the rights, of course, of the government. But I completely agree with you that sticking something in your body infringes, implicates a fundamental right. In Florida, it's, it's particularly clear because it's codified in our Constitution. And, and it literally, I, I, I may get the reporting, not exactly verbatim, but basically the, the section says the right to be left alone by the government. <laughs> and, yeah. and that has very clearly through case law indicated that it, it, it means your body left alone from the government, you know, from government intrusion. Yeah. Um, well, and it's also the Fourth Amendment. I mean, 
the, the founders never yeah, envisioned forced sure vaccinations, but when, when they wrote in the Fourth Amendment that the right of the people to be secure in their persons, I cannot think of a, of a, of a worse way to, to violate that security of their person than to forcibly or coerce them into injecting something into it. I mean, that seems like, again, we, we, they never could have envisioned this, but it seems pretty, pretty cut and dry that if you have the right to be secure in your person against government overreach – then you, the government shouldn't be allowed to compel or force you to put something into your body. Just like they can't take something out of your body without, without meeting certain evidentiary uh, proof, right? They shouldn't be allowed to put something into your body either. You would think you would absolutely think. Yeah. Well, and the, the fact that even if it's, even if it's one in a million that it can kill you, even if it's one in a million, who wants to be the millionth person who wants to be the well, one and, that and dies? It's your choice. It, it's your choice. That's the thing. And of course, the irony of all of this, the irony of all of this is the case law that most clearly indicates how bodily autonomy works are actually the abortion cases. And, uh, and, and, and you have to ask, wait a minute, for, for the last, what is it, 18 months, almost two years, where did my body, my choice go? Have you noticed that that rhetoric has literally disappeared? It's not anywhere. It, I mean, it's incredible. But shouldn't that be enough for just reasonable people to look at it and say, where, you know, where did this go? I'm just trying to figure out how people could be so stupid. Now I'm starting to understand the stupidity of America, right? Because people are actually standing up going, you need to get a vaccine. I'm like, well, you got your dummy card. We know who's dumb here. Because there's no thought, there's no, there's no, there's no thought, there, well, no thought I, I leadership about this. Yeah, I think it's worse than that, though. I mean, it's more insidious in the sense that there is, in fact, and you can see it by the constant drumbeat and how the images and the the rhetoric and all the institutions coming together. I'm not talking about collusion and conspiracy theory. I'm saying just watching the facts of what we've seen. It's just a constant drumbeat of you're gonna die this is a this is a type of psychological action and these are sociopathic uh, people well i i you know and the question is who's doing it but but the thing is people have been in other words i wouldn't say it's so much dumb as there is a there is a type of um oh maybe hypnosis is the word it, it's something psychological where there's a terror campaign against people to be absolutely afraid and fear of course is you know that reacting to fear in that way um is a very effective tool for tyrants we know that um and and it's and it's unfortunate so unfortunately just telling the truth to people is not going to break that emotional barrier of terror there has to be something yeah. more i mean again i go back to what you were saying which is this is good and evil you know we have to pray you have to this is something that's in people's heads and they need to see that they're not going to die from this. And then from there, perhaps they'll be more open to other things. Um, but it, it's pretty insidious. I, I would say it's far more insidious than just people being um, obtuse. And that's scary. One of the most, one of the most disgusting parts about all this ha that we've seen the actual regulatory officials and the pharmaceutical executives working hand in hand, not only to push this through, but to hide right. 
the reactions, hide the results, hide the data from the American people. If you put up my screen, Mr. Producer, the FDA is in court responding to a, I don't know if they went to court, I think it was just a response, but they're responding to a FOIA request. They're responding to a FOIA request. Isn't correct. They're they're responding to a FOIA request for all of the vaccine safety data, all the vaccine data for the Pfizer vaccine. And the FDA has responded that they are going to take 55 years to release the entirety of it to the American people. Now, how about that? Just disclosure, the way they got to 55 years, the way they got to 55 years is they took the standard, which is releasing 500 pages a month. That's been the standard. It's it's woefully inadequate. They say they only have 10 employees to actually process this and that, that the 10 employees can handle 500 pages of redactions a month. But there's so many pages, there's like over 300,000 pages that when you do the math, it would take so many months that most of the people who got the vaccine would be long dead before they actually learned about what the FDA and Pfizer knew about it before they approved it. This podcast is sponsored by Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your household should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. We don't get to choose when a disaster strikes. You don't get to choose how you get taken to the hospital. Anyone who has been taken to a hospital or has a loved one who's gone to a hospital by ambulance, you know it's very expensive and you know insurance won't usually cover it. Well, when you have to be airlifted by a helicopter, it's much more expensive. And yeah, insurance won't cover that either. Air Med Care Network exists to make sure you don't risk bankruptcy in the event that someone in your house has to be airlifted to a hospital for medical treatment. So when you sign up at the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and use promo code daily, not only are they going to give you coverage for your entire household for one year for $85, but they're also going to give you money back up to 50 bucks, depending on how many years you sign up for. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. Right. Well, I, you, that's, a, go ahead. Sorry, Joe. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, mine was going to be I, I, a much more biting uh, comments. I'll let you go first. <laughs> well, I think, I think Max, that's a very good uh, summation of where it is. Um, <clears throat> I actually have an interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, an interesting um, take on this. Excuse me. <clears throat> um, okay. I actually, I did document review as a, you know, fresh out of law school, going to DC, I was working an internship. Um, I needed to have, you know, some other, I I actually worked a restaurant and did doc review. Well, document review is in the, in the early stages was sort of that transition from when you'd have like civil litigation with thousands of pages of discovery and you have to, you know, thumb through all of them. Well, that became, that, that became uh, a, a, an e-discovery matter. And now it's actually a very burgeoning uh, practice. All that to say, <clears throat> even 15 years ago when I was doing this, 330,000 pages would not have taken that long. And you can, you can, yeah. you can grow the, the size of your staff. The, the point is there's technology that runs searches. You yeah. can pull information that the AI on this has gotten so sophisticated oh, yeah. that you can literally run certain searches, pull all of that, tag them all for redaction, send that out and get it done. You can oh, yeah. get an e-discovery vendor. This is absolutely a lie on logistics. They're literally talking about 20th century tech for this when, when that's yeah. just nonsense. Um, so when I was looking at that, I thought this, the, the nerve, I, I, I looked at, um, it's actually before the court, the, uh, let's see, the name, Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency. I want to give them a shout out because they actually filed this, good for them. 
Um, <clears throat> one of my favorite quotes from the joint report, I've got to read this to you. The, the, the FDA has the nerve to say, although plaintiff takes issue with the amount of time it will take to process 329,000 pages at a rate of 500 pages per month, such a result is due to its own broad FOIA request. Yeah, yeah. Just give yeah, us the information. You should, have known better. <laughs> you should have known better than to ask for everything. Just say zip drive. <laughs> well, they didn't, though. They didn't. What they asked for is exactly what is statutorily required by the FDA to produce. That's that's what they asked for, minus the VAERS system information, because you can get that in another way. So when you look, when you drill down into it, the, it, it's this big fat middle finger to the to the American people, and this is why I. I, I want to talk about this wherever I can, because I think to the extent people feel like they trust the FDA, I don't really need to explain this. I don't think it took them exactly from May 7th to August 23rd to review all of these documents and approve community. But now they want yeah. two generations for you to be able to see everything. Well, yeah. well so here, here's the other thing. And you say that you don't need to do to explain it, Rachel, I'm going to, I'm going to, respectfully disagree i brought crayons <laughs> and a big board and so we can we can write on the board all the, the the basic principles of why the fda is not trustworthy because they're not trustworthy they're a political yeah. organization they are and they have literally well, done things for power and money and lobbyist groups have been able to influence these government agencies for a long time and it's wrong and it hurts the american people we, they are giving us the middle finger but they're also killing us uh, yeah, uh, and, and isn't there a revolving door between Pfizer execs and FDA directors or something? I'm not, you mean I, like I voting machine companies where they have the same thing happen, Maybe government employees? Too. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's really bad. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, this, this particular case, I, I, again, I think, I, I think that it's, it's really an important one because you can distill the message down. Uh, in a manner that is particularly appalling. Some people on yeah. behalf, uh, you know, a group on behalf of the American people have only asked for exactly what the statute says the FDA must release. Yeah. Two, they had to fight the FDA and go to court to get it. See, you go, you first go with a FOIA request, right? And then if that doesn't work and there's disputes as to what's being released, then that's when you go to court. They made them go to court and expend attorney's fees to get it, what they were supposed to release statutorily. And then third, they say, oh, woe is us. We're so understaffed. We can't possibly do this. We can't jump yeah. you to the front. This was another one of their arguments. We can't jump this FOIA request to the front <laughs> of the line. That wouldn't be fair to the other 400 FOIA yeah. requests we have. But oh, by the way, this is so oh, urgent. Everyone has to keep force it on yeah. everyone. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's you know you read it and you you know you, you have to laugh. You have to laugh at at, at the audacity of, of this evil because if you don't, you're just going to cry. Um, well, I, it comes I up every time. No, you have to punch it in the when, mouth. When there was when there was the FOIA request for Hillary Clinton's emails. They said, oh, yeah, it's going to mm -hmm. take four years, conveniently until right. after the next election. After right? the next election, when, right. Yeah, they, they, they weaponize FOIA against the people. So there have to be, I mean, obviously, if you have the means to go before a judge like like this group is doing, you can get some get some attention on it. You can hopefully get a good resolution. But 
the Freedom of Information Act is no longer a weapon of just the average person anymore because the government can redact everything yeah. and the average person is powerless to stop it. And we've seen the real politicization of this to real disgusting well, even, levels. Even Boston more so Tea Party. Even more so in, in at, at state levels as well with the, like here in Florida, we have pretty robust sunshine laws. It's basically the idea of the, the open government. You ought to be able to, re, to request records. Um, yeah. And another thing that's going on is, okay, well, we're happy to release all of that, but that's going to be a $10,000 bill for us to do the review yeah. and copying that, that voluminous, you know, response to your request. This yeah. is another thing they're doing. I think, I think recently it got a lot of traction. Michelle Malkin was asking for some records with regard to TSA, I think, and an, another similar, oh yeah, that, that'll cost you, I don't know how many thousands of dollars. You know, it's, 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 uh, again, it's, it's yeah. a big middle finger. Oh, it's five I, I cents a page. Five yeah. cents a page. And we got 350,000 pages. That's going to be a, a calm 17 grand you owe us. Right. How do you well, want to Well, I mean, pay? we need to start calling that bluff. We need to just start calling the bluff and say, okay, um, great. Are you going to get them to me by X date? You know, like just that's part of this game, I think, is, is standing firm and also calling bluffs. That and paying them with pennies. <laughs> well, like I, I, I'm, Ooh, I'm preparing. Like Listen, I, I am preparing. You know, there's, there's a shortage of coins, Max. It's not going to be possible because many patriots are melting those do pennies down for bullets. We can get, <laughs> we, we get the pennies. Sorry, I had to yeah. say it. If it's going, if it's going to take them fifty-five thousand years to get through the pages, we can get the pennies. We can get the pennies. Right. All right. Listen, I think that we are at a place right now where we have to create density. I often talk about density, and that's getting in the middle, getting in the gap. They're doing it in, in places all over the country. The radical left, they, they pay people to come out as protesters. So you have people yeah. like Soros and others, nonprofit organizations that bring people on as, as uh, custodians and things like that, that weaponize nonprofits and then send them on the streets. That is happening. Like we, we documented, yeah. Rachel, something you should know in Colorado, we documented 159 yeah. nonprofits now that we've been able to demask some of the BLM and Antifa activists that are in the street. Guess where they wow. work for those 159 organizations? I, I kid you yeah. not. No, I, I believe you. And, and, and I know you've done really good work in, in, in infiltrating and all that, and it's cost you quite a bit. So I applaud you, Joe. Um, th this is the kind of stuff we need to be doing. I agree. Got to get well, smart. Got to get clever, you know. And we got to get to the place where we punch them in the mouth. I, and I don't mean <laughs> physically punch them in the mouth until we have to punch them in the mouth. But I look, I'm just going to say it out loud. I have never seen a bully last longer than a minute when he gets punched in the mouth, right? And well, we're dealing I, I, with a I massive number of bullies. Okay. Yes. I, but I your alternative, alternative and... we can run parallel paths. <laughs> well, no, no, no. It's part of the, it's part of the same path. But, okay. but I call it operation make them, you know, crap their pants. Anytime you can get some, <laughs> somebody who's a tyrant to be scared, yeah. you're good. You're good. I'll tell you, I... um. I got I got threatened with sanctions in my case, um, you know, you know, as, as it was a very it was a very interesting uh, scenario. But, you know, oh, there's a new law. Therefore, the plaintiffs are the ones that need to withdraw their case in Orange County. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. So the defendant all this time, the, the, the basis of our case is that you haven't been following law. There is a new law. And we're supposed to withdraw the case because you now know 
that you can't do what you were doing. Well, you knew that before. But what's, what's, you know, to me, the onus is on the defendant in this case to say definitively that they do intend to abide by a new law. Um, and, and, and yet somehow I'm the one that ought to be sanctioned for continuing to pursue rule of law and hold, uh, you know, elected officials accountable, for example. Yeah. Well, uh, that's incredible. That's incredible and, and, and amusing at the same time. But but they're trying to wear down the spirit of the American people. They're trying to basically yes. make us give up. And one thing that they didn't count on is that there are people out there that don't know what quit looks like. I don't know what yeah, quit looks right. like. And so that's right. And we, we encourage encourage is more infectious than fear. We encourage other people yes. to stand up. The, the, the thing that I think that is most just glaring, I know because we have lots of guests on the show and 80% of them are women because women are the fighters. They are truly in every profession they fight and, and they continue to fight and moms continue to fight. I don't care if it's a working mom, non-working mom and their employers like, I can't go after her cause it's a woman, but the men aren't standing up. Yeah, right. I, I think that's starting, but I, I agree with you that we need to encourage that. And I, I I'm, I'm going to say, when you've had an entire generation now going on to of of boys who now grew up into men who either you know who in, in addition to not always having a good role model for being a man have been told that being a man is toxic and violent and all kinds of things that we in our hearts know we don't want to be right, right. It's, it's, it's a it's programming and I have two boys. And so, you know, one of the things that I've, I've thought about a lot is having them what wrestle? messages are they going to get from what's that? Having them wrestle. I was a wrestle. Wrestlers uh, don't quit. I, I don't, yeah. That it, mm, there. And, and you know, the, the, the thing is how do we, you know, as, as parents in particular, we can't listen to what's being said out there and the messages being said. And, and it goes both ways. We can't listen to the things that are said about what it means to be a woman or what it means to be man. Or at this point that we don't even know which one is which, right? That's that's another issue, just adding confusion to it. But I, I think, and, and Jeff Childers, who is an attorney that uh, I'm sure you you're, you all uh, have uh, know what he's doing here. He's had a lot of success in Florida. Um, and And you know, he's made this comment. He's like, the churches also need to stand. It's like, it doesn't matter if you have the kid in the public school system, go down to the board meeting. And, and he even says, and preach. He's telling the pastors, preach, go down to the board meetings and preach. Or, you know, the idea is stand up in the community. And I, I do think it's infectious. I also think that outrage looks a lot like courage. So it seems to me like we don't even have to drum up courage. We just have to show people enough to where they're outraged enough to stand up and not to stop. Yeah, we, we, have, a, we have a few minutes left. I want to ask you about something you just mentioned a little while ago. You don't have to get into too many specifics, but the idea of sanctions. This is something we've seen over and over again, not just in the legal profession, but also in the medical profession, going after doctors, medical degrees, accusing them of malpractice for practicing medicine, going after lawyers for representing clients. I mean, we've seen what happened to Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani was 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 kicked out of New York. Meanwhile, there are two attorneys who were literally caught firebombing a police vehicle last year, and they're still allowed to practice law in New York. But Rudy Giuliani isn't. We've seen this push to punish lawyers for taking cases. 
I've never seen this prior to this last couple of years. We've never seen this. No one went after Johnny Cochran's law license because he represented represented OJ. Even if you believe OJ is guilty, you still we all still said that OJ has every right to a legal defense, right? Right. right. That is changing now. And we've seen this yeah. push to go after lawyers because of the clients they take to put fear in the lawyers. I mean, we see it right now in the January 6th protesters. So many of them are on public defendants because no one else really wants to touch it. And they can, and they don't and, have and I, I'm not sure the public defenders want to either, but they're obligated no. and that's not a good setup for having adequate counsel. Not de- I'm not denigrating anybody. I'm just saying that particular yeah. setup is not, is not ideal for, for, a good defense for people. Um, so yeah, from, from I, your I, position, I find, how, yeah, how do you see this? How do you see this as a lawyer representing these firefighters, a case that has legal merit, right? Yeah. Then them, yeah. now them coming after you with sanctions because of the clientele that you have decided to represent. What does that mean for the legal profession moving forward if this is allowed to take root? Right. Well, first of all, as far as that threat is concerned, I think that was more posturing to see what I would do and if I would, you know, back down voluntarily because I'm so afraid of getting sanctioned, Um, which I'm not, because if it's the right thing to do, you do it and, and, you know, you work out the consequences. Um, I do think on a broader level, what you're talking about is very insidious. I think there is an issue here regarding licensing in general. What is licensing actually doing to promote the the broad welfare of the people? The idea of licensing is supposed to be that this person has passed certain prerequisites so that we can at least have a a, a very minimum layer of vetting for this particular person to throw their shingle out there and and do work for you. And that they maintain basic ethics while they're practicing. That's right. I mean, our ethics code is, is, is massive, but I'm now seeing that and, and this is true of anything, any institution that humans put together, any rules that humans come up with themselves. If all of the folks that are supposed to abide by those rules or that promulgate those rules are all in agreement on a particular ideological pursuit, then it's no longer rule of law because they can just, you know, it, 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 that's, that's kind of what we're yeah. seeing all over the place. And I think that what you're describing in the medical and and legal profession is is just another element of this use of force. You know, it's not Rex Lex anymore. It's 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 whatever I feel. Um, and if all these other people, I can get them to feel the same way I do, and we can, you know, then it doesn't matter. You know, you you may you may have abided by all the proper ethics rules. Um, you have not, you know, and one of the ethics rules is don't bring a frivolous case. Um, you've done all of that. You have conducted yourself in a manner that's, uh, a, you know applaudable uh, by the profession but we don't like you you kind of threaten our ideological position um i i think i think we also have to stand up against that i i, I applaud the people who fight to keep their license not because i'm particularly enamored with a licensing uh system but because i think we have to push back at every single one of these places and call out hypocrisy and stand up to tyranny i know you have to pick your battles but i think that as a general matter we have to do that well, we have to pick a lot of battles these days. Yes. And, those and, battles... and I actually, I, I think that's part of the, that's part of what's happening with tyranny is let's just throw a dump truck of lawlessness on top of your head and good luck swimming out of that. And the, and the 
the, I believe this is what I'm seeing in the cases I'm looking at, is, is that amount of, I can't believe they're violating the ADA and RIFRA and Title VII and the constitution of my state. And this, and this, they're violating everything. They violated HIPAA to do this to me. And I have only two weeks in which to respond. That is, that is to me a strategy of hoping that you get so overwhelmed by that dump truck on your head that you don't even bother to sort it through. But here's where my profession ought to be, ought to be running in and saying, okay, let's help. Cause that's what we do. It's inane sometimes, but we, we stand there, we parse through all the little pieces and try to figure out what the right strategy is to, to promote rule of law and, and to help people with uh, whose rights are violated. So that's what I think lawyers should be doing right now. Yeah, not just lawyers, also judges. And also, obviously, judges are former lawyers. But it, it, this whole thing has opened my eyes of just how important it is. If your judges are locally elected or elected on a state ballot, you got to pay attention. Don't just reelect whoever's in there. You got to do that research no. and you got to make sure the bad ones get out. And when they're nominating new judges, these questions now have to be asked. It used to be it would go without saying, do you support the federal government being allowed to inject something in everyone's body. That was so absurd that it was never even asked in a confirmation hearing because we just presumed that judges would say, no, you can't run around and just inject people with things. But now these are right. questions that have to be asked during these confirmation processes, during these election processes. And it's up to all of us to hold them accountable and remove the bad ones and make sure only good ones get elected. We're almost out of time, and Rachel. I want to give you the, yeah. yeah. I want to give you the final word, Rachel, because we're almost out of time. Oh, absolutely. Well, I just, I, it's been an honor to be on this show. Thank you very much to both of you. And I'm, I'm really thankful for the opportunity also to get more word out with regard to what's happening on these legal challenges. Um, you know, predominantly, I, I would like people to know, and I hope that this is of, of encouragement to your listeners, there, when, when people see what's happening, and they know that there's something morally wrong, you're correct. It is. There's also law lawlessness going on and yes you're correct that there are legal challenges to make they exist and we can do it and then finally i would say and there are people who have their license who are eligible to practice and to represent you who want to do that there are sadly not as many of us as there ought to be but i'm hopeful that by by giving that message out we're going to have more people come and 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 recognize that that we can assist others in our in our system and that we it's it's part of our obligation to uphold the constitution and the rule of law um you know certainly people are welcome to reach out to me uh, i am working with a, a a collaborative group and we are trying to even broaden that in a more organized fashion so that we can really refer people all over the country and and see what we can do to to get people's needs legal needs for representation met. Do, do you have a website that we people can be directed to that we can put up, Mr. Producer? Do you yeah, have absolutely. That? Well, right now um, we we might have a, a little bit better organization on on the broader scale, but I, I can certainly refer people to uh, my law firm for right now, and and I would be happy to take care of their needs. And that is toikalawgroup.com. That's T is in Tom O I K K is in Kite A lawgroup.com and uh my email is rlt at toikalawgroup.com I, I would be happy to um you know to talk with anybody that that would like to at least get an assessment uh, on what's going on for them all right well thank you for coming on the show god bless you uh we will be praying thank for you, you and uh Appreciate thanks for that. staying in the fight and having so much courage and protecting those thank in you. your community and in our country thank you it's a pleasure
Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Rachel. Thanks so much for stopping by. So almost out of time, I want to remind everyone, we're talking about vaccine mandates for first responders, vaccine mandates for businesses. There still is that vaccine mandate for the military. And that is right now coming to a head. You have 10,000 Marines, at least 9,500 airmen, at least uh, a few thousand. They say, I think it's more sailors in the, in the army. They're saying that they're not going to kick them out right away because there's so damn many. Instead, they're going to flag their, their paperwork so they can never get an advancement, never get a promotion, and they're not allowed to reenlist. And obviously, we see what's happening with, with, the, uh, with the National Guard as it relates to Oklahoma and other states now fighting back against that. This mandate for many of these goes into effect this week. The, the Navy and the Marines, I believe it's November 28th. That's their deadline. The, uh, the Air Force has already passed. Space Force has already passed. They are in the process of removing these soldiers, these servicemen and women. So it, it's very important. These men and women fought to defend us. It's voluntary. We don't have a draft. They volunteered to fight to protect us. Now it's time for all of us to fight to protect them. So I urge you all to join today's fax blast. We are running this fax blast for this bill. If we put up my screen, it's HR 3860. HR 3860. And this is a bill that's written by Representative Thomas Massey of Kentucky. And it is two pages long, like so many good bills are. And it does three things. It, per, it cuts the funding so they can't mandate the vaccine in the military. It prohibits the military from, from punishing soldiers who do not get the vaccine either by force or by coercion and that defines what those adverse actions that are banned would be retaliation punishment disparate treatment mask requirement or requirement that they reside in substandard housing so all of that would be banned under this bill i encourage you all to join the facts plus because we are talking about tens of thousands of soldiers sailors airmen um marines who are about to be kicked out of the military over this so if you can, join today's Fax Blast and help us fight back against this before it's too late. And it, it really is perfect timing because Congress has to pass a new spending bill by December 3rd. That spending package has to include funding for the Defense Department. So this can very easily, if they fight, if they care enough, very easily be added as an amendment to that. So I encourage everyone to join the Fax Blast today and fight back against this because it's truly, truly evil. We can go ahead and take that down, Mr. Producer. So, so just so you know, um, it, this happened in Colorado. There was uh, public health organizations so the the county health organizations which by the way the bureaucrats are not elected and but they get to vote so they 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 are they are appointed to those positions yesterday yesterday the day before yesterday jefferson county colorado had open comments there was about 250 comments they got about two minutes apiece. it was a long day right not one were in favor of mask mandates for two-year-olds all the way up in any indoor spaces. And keep in mind, Colorado does not have a pandemic issue. We don't have a, a massive overrun of hospitals. We just don't. It's just not happening here. Um, but uh, <laughs> they, they uh, heard all these comments. Not one person in favor of it. Not one person is in favor of it. And they voted four to one to pass mask mandates. You move on to the different uh, counties, Arapahoe County, same thing, unelected people trying to force things down the throat of Americans voted anonymous, unanimously to make it so you had to wear uh, masks inside if you're over the age of two. And basically, everyone in those cities is saying, go stick it in your you-know-what. We're, we're out. Go Did it apply out. to Douglas? 
What's that? Or did the Tri County did the Tri County no. only do Adams no. and Rapo? Did they apply to yeah. Douglas too? They did not apply to oh, Douglas. I thought I, I thought that they were only going to. No. Douglas oh, does okay. no mask mandates and you do not Douglas County does no mask mandates and you do not have to wear a mask inside. And these other areas are trying to do this mask mandate. They're trying to hold on to this evil power. That's what it is. It's an evil power grab. And I'm gonna tell you right now, Max, we are close we are closer today by by miles to a kinetic war where I often said, well, Joe, who are the targets? Like, who are the targets? I tell people, I'm like, look, I'm going to go grab my gun. Who are the targets? I can tell you who the targets are now. I'm going to tell you who the targets are. I, I, because people are talking about it. I'm not talking about it. I'm just telling you what people are telling me the targets are. So there's people that I'm saying, that well, you don't know who the target, you don't know who the enemy is. And they're like, oh, yeah, I do. The people that voted for this stuff. The elected leaders. Those, those, those elected leaders that have stood out against the American people, those are our targets. We'll just go after them. And I went, they're thinking about it. Like people in this country that are, that are sane people are saying, you know what? The other targets are the people that, that, that throw bottles and burn buildings and things like that. They're a target. I'm going to go grab my deal, be right down there. As soon as they throw the first bottle, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put them down like a dog. Guys, listen, this is not me advocating for violence. This is me telling you that at some point, if you guys don't start standing up together and create density, there's a large group of people in this country that are going to step in the middle of the street and say, if you're BLM or you're Antifa and you step out, we're literally going to kick your teeth in, and they're going to give the police a choice. Whose side are you on? Law and order? Or are you on the side of the evil? You make a choice. Because that line in the sand today is very thin. Very thin. Evil, leftist, trash who lie to you. FDA, FBI, CIA, leftists, Democrats. I mean, I can go down the list. And then there's the people over here that are good, law-abiding Americans. And they'll have some Democrats in it, too. And a whole yeah. lot of independents, which, by the way, we've left at the wayside when we talk about Democrat versus Republican. Max, I know we're over, but listen, this medical issue is not the only issue we face. And they put too much on the table. They're just pissing off Americans. And Americans are saying, all right... Well, if the problem is the elected leaders who put a razor wire fence around it for redressive grievances and are basically torturing people in a jail and they're taking away your ability to have control of your own body and they're indoctrinating our kids, we'll just go kill them first. People are talking about it. They're talking about who the targets are now, people. They're talking about judges. They're talking about DAs. They're talking about... I mean. The, and you would say, Joe, you can't, you can't say that. Yes, I can, because it's what's being said to me, not what I'm saying to other people. People are starting to wake up to, I know where my target is, Joe. You said we needed a target. I got a target, and people can make a choice. And then we'll know what their other targets are because they'll be standing in front of these evil people. Yeah. And we're like, you made a choice to be with evil people, so you're evil. There we go. That is the danger of what these pieces of trash are doing to our country. They're not dividing us. It's not a huge divide. It's not 50% on one side and 50% on the other. It's 95% of the people want to be good Americans, and then you have elected leaderships which are compromised and a part of the CCP and this foreign group of people that are tyrants and traitors to our nation. And now people yeah. are waking up to the reality of, I've got to pick a side. I'm going to pick a side. You know what, Joe? I'd rather go out standing than on my knees, bowing to these pieces of trash. And just when in I, case, and just in case anyone was afraid of these people, still, just in case anyone thought that that going up against Antifa thugs was 
was was something that was going to be pretty dangerous. This is a little old image, but I, I laugh every time I see it, and I always post every time I see it. Mr. Producer, if you can put up my screen, this is <laughs> alleged to be one of the local Denver Antifa groups who went up into the mountains to practice shooting. <laughs> so yeah. just remember, these are the kinds of people you're up against. What do you think, Mr. Producer? You think that'd be a hard target? I wouldn't call that hard. Fe yeah. Feminists of the world unite. <laughs> Feminists with beards. I no, love listen, the kafia. If the those are the shock troops, that's going to be a that's going to be a quick battle. Well, I think <laughs> that you know, I look at it and I go, "What? In, what are we thinking? Like, where where are we right now? Where we bow down to these pieces of trash? Where are we?" I, I mean, we just look at how they're holding up their fists. That yeah. looks more like a child on a school bus trying to get the truck driver to honk the horn when it drives past him than an actual fight the power fist. <laughs> Just so limp-wristed. So I'm, I'm trying to um, send you right now, Mr. Producer, a picture that I think you should um, put up. And it's, it's unbelievable, actually. It's, it's unbelievable. Nope, that's not it. Um, it but there, there, there's a picture of, there's a video out there um, on, uh, in, in Georgia. Max, I'm going to just send over the thing, and you can just maybe just put it up for Fox, if you would. Um, sure. Put up your screen. But, and the picture actually does it. I mean, you just show the picture. This is a guy that's outside of the um, Ahmad um, Arbery trial, right? And the these BLM activists are saying that there won't be any peace in the community. Basically, they're saying they're going to terrorize the community unless the verdict is read their way, right? Again, I haven't followed the trial. I haven't followed the entire deal. I don't know if he's guilty or not guilty. I would hope that the jury would just make a decision whether or not they're guilty or not guilty based upon the facts of the case. But if you want to put up, Max, do you have that right now? Yeah, I have it. It's a the video, though. Yeah, so look, play the video. Just the picture. Just the picture on the front. That, that right. one right there. Do you, this is a spokesperson for BLM. Do you see what it says on this hat? For those of you on the, joining hat? us with the that are joining us on the audio version, this is a spokesperson for BLM, and his hat says "retired drug dealer." Oh, <laughs> so they they made it look like a veteran hat. I couldn't read it. Yeah, it's blurry. It says "retired it like drug a, dealer." A hat. Wow. Now this guy literally is telling everyone he's a retired drug dealer, as if that's supposed to be the thing that. He's retired. Yeah, he's retired from drug dealing. I mean, this is, this is what the mores of our society look like because we don't kick their teeth in. He's now, again, retired I don't from care. drug dealing, and he's become an undocumented pharmacist. Right, right. Profession. Look, I, I personally believe that the police force and the DA's office allow criminals to run amok on our communities and create victims. I think those people, I mean, if you're looking at targets, one, someone called me yesterday and was like, yeah, easy targets, Joe. Or the DAs in these in these blue blue areas, there are people that are literally planning, not planning, but thinking about targets. I don't want to say planning because that's not true, but they're thinking about targets. They're like, hey, listen, our war is not with the American people. Our war was the people that are literally enabling criminals, that are enabling really bad, evil people to groom our children. I mean, they're picking them out. They're saying, look, oh, you want to you vote to groom my children, put porn, pornography in my schools? All right, you're a target. I mean, Max, it's, it's, getting, it's getting bad. When people start getting to that place, 
where they're saying, we know where the targets are, and we don't care what the, what the outcome is. And you have, and, yeah. and by the way, this is not just one person. You know, I was on a, a, a what a web deal, an anonymous web deal, and I was watching people talk about that on this, on this deal, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is getting crazy. Yeah. So the, the, the radical left don't understand what's, what's at stake here. And, you know, it's, it's basically the, it's the soul of our nation. And people are willing to fight for the soul of the nation. They see it as the, as the hill to die on. And now these judges are going to have to start having to make a decision. They're all going to have to start making a decision on whether or not, even if they're evil, they back off of this because they've overplayed their hand and the American people have had enough. I've had enough. Yeah. I've had enough. Well, the fight's not over. There's there's plenty to cover. We're going to have to leave that for another episode because we are out of time today. We That's going to be it for this ed- edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to all the different places on audio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. We also have Uncle Tom Talks. that He goes live Tuesdays and Thursdays. Lots of people were watching him uh, last night. So make sure you subscribe to him in the audio version too. We also have a new series that we're going to be rolling out um, starting this week, um, real American history, taking what we used to do with history podcasts on weekends and making it its own show. So that's going to be getting to Apple podcasts and all the other places in the coming days. So make sure you tune in for that. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe, make sure you tune in at 11 a.m. Eastern for our podcast, 7 p.m. Eastern. That's when we go live. And if you need a little reminder, you can text the word freedom, F R E E D O M to eight, nine, five, one, seven. 89517. You'll get added to our text alert system and you'll get a notification telling you what we're talking about and when, where, and how you can watch. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. If you don't tune in tonight, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. My name is Max McGuire. My name is Joe Oltman and have a blessed Thanksgiving. And remember the fight's not over, but we only win if we all fight together.